Hi, this is Matt Kempel, co-owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. It seems you guys really like that last set. Let's see if we can keep the applause going and get the guys and their guests to give us a part two to the interview. I think they're coming out. Here they are. Show them your love, people. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to the okay. Switch Podcast. This is Chris Beyer, as always, with Jim Martin. Hey, Jim. Hey, Chris. We're having computer problems. Hopefully, this won't continue. Technical difficulties, perhaps, but we'll see. My office, it's on me. It's my yeah. bad. It's your bad. It's my internet connection. I got crappy internet. Yeah, but I'm on the same internet connection. I'm just on the steps. That's true. Yeah, whatever. But anyway. Well, <laughs> this is the second half of our podcast with comedian Johnny Beaner. He is originally from Nebraska. I talked to him after the show when we saw him at the Laughing Tap. He moved on to Marquette, where he went to college, hung out in Milwaukee for a while, moved on to Madison. That's where he is right now. It's Madison-based comedian Johnny Beaner. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Hello. Hello. I, I Can I ask a question? Sure. So you guys are like right by each other, but you're on different floors or how is <laughs> well, that? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, normally, uh, so Chris is a chiropractor. We record our uh, podcast in his office as like our studio, right? We call it Studio B, whatever. Right. Um, and so we got another guy coming in at 915 to do something in studio, but then we had you as Zoom. So we're just in two different rooms in his <sighs> In his office. So that's, yeah. that's how we work that tech. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. hear Jim's echo over there. Yep. You know, after your show <laughs> that we saw at the laughing tap, which was a great show, it was, it was a really recorded great, yeah. show because you let, uh, you recorded a special, right? What's that called? I recorded it now. Uh, well, it was an album, but it wasn't necessarily an album. Like it's not going to be out on iTunes. It was an exclusive for satellite radio to, to play. Oh, really? Oh, okay. oh cool. Okay. Has yeah. it already been released? Uh, it just actually, I just heard from the label, uh, today that they have it and now I just have to wait for it to go out. So it has not, it has not been played yet. Is that serious so. then? Serious XM yep. or is it? Okay. Oh, nice. So you're going to be on the uh, comedy channel 98 by any chance? Uh, hopefully 90. Yeah. Hopefully 98, 99, whatever Jeff Foxworth is one. Hopefully. 98 is the the clean one. And that's yes. my, my son listens to that all the time. He, he loves comedians. He's 13. He wants, probably wants to be a comedian, but yeah, he listens. So yeah, that'd be cool if I oh, heard cool. him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If he's been listening for a long yeah. time, then he's probably heard because I have, uh, yeah, I have two previous albums and the dry bar stuff that I think they play on there. So okay. Uh, sure. After your show, I was texting back and forth with my brother the following day and he, he really liked it. He's not a big comedy fan, but we drug him along. And he, he really loved it. He said, that guy was really good. And he started looking up some of your work. And he found something which I didn't know about, which we kind of want to make the focus of this uh, half of the show, which is you were on David Letterman. You were I was on David Letterman. You know, I was the last comedian to make their debut on Letterman. Really? Yes. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty special, yeah. That's huge. I was on January 4th. 14th or 15th, I think. And, uh, yeah, recorded the 14th, aired the 15th, and, uh, he was retired or he, his final show was in April, I think. So he had a lot of comedians after me, but every comedian that had been, you know, after me had been on it before. So I was the last new comic he had. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, tell yeah. us the story. Tell us how that came about. 
you know, what it was like being there and tell us sure. about, about that story. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, very, very exciting. I, uh, I had submitted, uh, I did not have representation. I, I, I found out who the booker was, emailed them. I had recommendations from other comedians that had been on, you know, had been on the show. So I, they vouched for me. And I heard back from the booker saying, Hey, this is great. I'd love to work with you on the set and getting a TV ready. And then I kind of didn't hear anything for a while. And I had heard, yeah, sometimes he does, he takes a while between responses. And this was originally in like June or July of 2014 that I first submitted. And it was just a long time radio silence and I wasn't hearing back. And finally, I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. Because then, you know, then I found out, oh, he's retiring. It was announced he's retiring. I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's that, right? Yeah. So I kind of stopped, you know, checking in. And then in January, I I mean, the short answer is I got lucky. I got very lucky. Because in January, I was like, you know what? I'll email him, wish him a happy, hope he had a good new year, happy holiday. And, you know, hope everything's going good with wrapping up for the end of the show. And he wrote back and he's like, hey, Johnny, um, you know, do want, I do want to get you on the show. Uh, do you have time to talk on the phone today? And oh, so oh. I <laughs> talked on the phone. Yes. This was this was January 7th, which was my daughter's second birthday. This was on my daughter's birthday that she turned two. And, uh, and he said, you know, hey, are you available to come in the 14th and, and tape it? We, we already had your set, your set that you submitted. We have it approved by the show by the network whatever you just have to change this 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 and a length thing so i was like yeah yes what am i gonna say oh no i'm booked at the uh, loony bin that weekend (laughs) so you know so i I was like yeah so i just i went to i went to comedy on state i went to comedy cafe and just every night you know asked for a guest set told him the situation and kind of tweaked some the you know fine-tuned it and uh flew out there I brought my son, who was, I think, six months old, and my wife, and uh, and did it. I mean, it was it was just so surreal. I've never, I was very prepared. Like I was, I've never been more prepared for a set because I did not, you know, when you're nervous, it's normal to be nervous. But when you're nervous because you are not ready, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. So I was as far from that as possible, but I was extremely nervous. In fact, I even had to ask the guy, you know, the 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 tech guy that. <clears throat> tells you when to go. I was like, you might, you might have to give me a push. Cause I can't hear what's going on. I got so much going on in my head. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you a push. And they, you know, he announced me, I went out and I had, I had talked to enough comedians that had been on it. Just, you know, that had said, Hey, soak it up. Get, when you get out there, don't fly through it. Look at where you are. Think about where you are. And I'm so glad I had that advice because I, I remember, <clears throat> I remember being on the show very clearly, you know, a lot of people yeah. say, oh, my gosh, it was just a blip. But I really soaked it in, looked around, and, I mean, it was very surreal. And uh, and it went, uh, you know, it, it went well. And and if you watch it, you can hear Dave Letterman laughing at, at the end as he's coming <laughs> up to say hi. And I've, I've, never, I've never been more nervous than beforehand, and I have never been more just relieved then after it was over, you know, because you can yeah. really self-sabotage if you start being like, oh, what if I do this? What if this? So you just have to get out of your head. But after it was done, I was like, oh, I didn't. 
I didn't mess up anything. I didn't do any flubs. So that was, you know, it went as good as that material could go. And I did it. And uh, it was just, it was, it was great. Let's, uh, let's back up. You get a call, you get an email from David Letterman. And it's clear that it's him. It's not some staffer. And he says he's going to call you. Do you have to run to the bathroom at that moment? Yeah, because you're just, you know, panicked. And, and I mean, the idea no, that was that wasn't David Letterman. No, it wasn't. No, no, no. no, no that was the book. Okay, the, yeah. the booking. Okay, I for a yeah. second I thought it was Letterman himself. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> despite that, despite that, I mean, when you get that notice from this Booker, then yeah. you go on Letterman. I mean, that's got a, a just a rush of emotions go through you. It's got to be crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you, you you think about what you'll feel like if you notice your lottery ticket numbers match what's on the TV. I mean, it was like that. It was like, oh my right. gosh, yeah, everything I've been working for, and this is like the this is like the fantasy goal when people are like, oh, if you could do anything, you know, your career, you know, at that point, what would it be? I'd be like, well, I would be on the the Late Show with Letterman, you know, sure. yeah. And you just daydream. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna work towards it, but you never think. Well, it's going to happen or I'll never know what it'll feel like. I hope it, you know, and then it did happen for me. And I was like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I just, you know, so and, excited. And you had that extra element of uh, not having an agent. So it was the self promotion, right? So yeah. like, I'm telling, like, I better be really good if I'm going to tell these guys yeah. I should be on Letterman, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I definitely had some, I definitely had some heavy hitters, you know, behind the scenes helping, you know, that, that, uh, that dropped my name to him that kind of, you know, that put me on their radar. So that definitely helped. Sure. But that all just came from, you know, being on the road and, and doing it and working with enough people for so many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after it was done, was there any sense that this was going to change the trajectory of your career? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I got, I, I didn't know. I, you know, I thought, so. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be a star, but I was like, oh, this is going to help me. And it definitely, got me into a lot of rooms that I couldn't get email replies from. So that was good, you know, and it, it kind of, I was, I was at the point where I was featuring and, and headlining and this kind of, it just gives you credibility in some people's eyes. I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, someone gets late night doesn't mean they're a better comedian than those that haven't, but it's just, it's a tool that makes you more marketable and that, and that helps. So that definitely was something that, that did, you know, that did happen. And I, I was able to get into more rooms and, and started headlining, predominantly headlining. Did you, uh, were you able to give yourself a little pay bump then too? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> like, you know, hey, I've been still, on I, I, what they, you know? what they pay. <laughs> I, you know what though? Actually with, with, uh, with private shows. Yeah, that definitely helps. So yeah. that, that actually is. Yeah. Now you met Letterman on stage. He shook your hand. He's a tall guy. You're an even taller guy. How tall are you? Six five. Six five. Wow. Yeah, because he always looks big next to his guests, but he didn't look quite so big that day. <laughs> but uh you met him on stage. Like you said, he seemed to be really happy with the set, gave you a genuine handshake. Did you talk to him before the show or after the show? Is that the only time you had any interaction with him? Yeah, that's that's really the only time I had any interaction. And from my understanding, that's pretty much how it is with everyone. I mean hmm. You know, he says good night. I'm standing on stage, and uh, after the show, he normally the comedians laugh last. That's what's weird is like I they they had a musical guest after me, 
So the oh, show okay. wasn't even over when I was done, but uh, but he's usually in his car on his way home before the credits are done rolling. So sure. So, so did yeah, you get, no, I never met him after did, outside of the show. So you didn't get to sit. Did you get to sit on the couch then? I mean, where did you go? After Not with him. I got yeah, a picture no. of me, my wife, and my son on the couch. But sure, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so while the musical act was going, where did you just go back? To oh, I was in the yeah. There's a well. I have my own room up uh, a a couple floors up, but then there's you know there's a like kind of a green room. Okay, right off stage. That that's where we watched. It was Ella Henderson was the musical guest in school because my son was like I think six months old, and so we have pictures of like Ella Henderson and her band with my son. You oh, know, that's cool. Went on. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Now, maybe the the secondary show per, after Letterman might have been Conan. Were you ever on Conan? No, I wasn't. I I would have loved to. That was that was my number two go to that I would have loved to have been on was Conan. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you attempted just like you did with Letterman. I did. I did. You know what? Actually, I see. This is this is what was nice about not having representation. I uh, I did get. I, I got a man. I got a manager. Um, I moved to L.A. Um, shortly after doing Letterman and had a manager and, uh, and I wanted to submit to Conan and, um, but it just kind of felt like my manager was just one, one more filter that I have to get the approval of before I could submit. You know what I mean? Like I'd put a set together Mm -hmm. and he'd be like, well, let's work on this or this, this. And I know he the, you know, the best intentions and, and was, you know, he's very knowledgeable. I mean, he'd, he'd been around, I mean, he, way longer than before I even started comedy. He'd been doing it a long time and, and represented a lot of big people. But I, you know, if I wanted to submit something that I believed in or I wanted, it, it had to go through him. And then in hindsight, I should have just, you know, I should have just been like, well, this is what I want, so submit it. But that would not have been a good relationship, you know, because I got right I got to right. learn from him. So, sure. but it was just kind of it was just kind of harder. So when and I end, and it, we ended up parting ways because he got out of the business. Oh, so he yeah. he'd been doing it so long, and he was like he dropped, you know, he just stopped doing comedy, uh, representing comics, and uh, and so I was on my own again, and it was it was just it was sort of freeing. It was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Sure. So is there anything uh, like that you're sort of aspiring to now? Like, are you looking at new, what's the next show where you could go do this kind of thing? Anything out there right now? Ah, uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I should, uh, I should submit. I should we try should to be submit. Your, uh, representative here. You guys should. You really yeah. should. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of great ideas here. <laughs> I mean, my kids are at such a young age that right now I just, I just love doing comedy, being able to do comedy. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of where I, you know, get my joy out of work. And, but, but, uh, I, I like being home and based out of Madison and being with my kids, you know, yep. especially the ages they're at. So yeah, I'm for sure. Place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I stepped on Jim's question, but is there something maybe internet based or, or something that you could do from home that could be that, that next step for you? See, this is why this is why you guys should be representing. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for my TikTok to blow up. Yeah, do you spend a lot of time doing TikTok videos or YouTube shorts or anything like that, or no? No, but you know, I I I did. Uh, Andrew, my cavalry buddy, kind of encouraged me to do. You know, I don't know if it was like ten or thirty days because I was not in that at all. I was like, oh, I. 
I had the handle. I had at Johnny Comic because I didn't want anyone to steal it, but I didn't do anything with it because I just thought it was, you know, sixth grade girls dancing or whatever. Right. But it's actually very big for comedy. So I started doing it and I posted for, you know, a video every day and blew up, got more followers on TikTok than any other platform, had videos go in the millions of likes. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I need I need to keep that momentum going. Uh, so I am on there. But the idea is obviously to monetize that, right? You take that that fame and build on it, right? That's what, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Yep. We talked with uh, somebody you know in comedy uh, a month or two ago, Rob Breckenridge. Breckenridge? Breckenridge? Yeah, I listened to uh, I listened to his uh, episode with you guys. Oh, did you? Rob, oh, cool. Rob Breckenridge, yeah. He's yeah. a good buddy of mine. Yeah. yeah and he had that line if you listen to it where he said that, you know, some of these TikTok famous people or these shorts famous people, they don't have a lot of material. You know, they right. just have that connection with their fans. They can't fill out an hour, you know, and some of their material isn't, have you run across that where people have got fame that you just don't get? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I have, I have worked with people that like, you know, a YouTube star where it's like, oh, they have all these subscribers. They're coming to town, you know, they live in LA, they've monetized, so they're rich. And then it's like, oh, they're going to go on tour because they have fans all over the country. And then the club will be like, Hey, do you, you want to open for them? And, and so you do. And it's, it's sort of a lopsided show. I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I mean, I've been doing stand up comedy for over 20 years. Sure. And they, you know, they're funny. They 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 their fans love them, but when it comes to filling 50 minutes of time, it's they don't know what to do. it's <laughs> a little watered down and 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 different. So, yeah. but I you know, I can't fault them. It's frustrating because they're taking weeks of work away from you know, dedicated comedians, road comedians, but you know, hey, if they that's that's it's working for them, okay. No. Can't blame them, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing is they're going to do a tour and they'll sell it out. But on that second tour, I don't know that it'll be as easy to sell out because people will be like, "Yeah, no, we saw them, and yeah, it was cool <laughs> to see them." But right, right, it's really just you know. like kind of like meeting him, right, and not not like seeing yeah. him perform. Really, it's just like the thrill of like actually here's that guy, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about this? Uh, you yourself in your Top 10 favorite comedians. Give us a couple that might be in those top 10. Not the first or second, but just two of the 10. Who are the people that you really Do you want me to admire? skip over the first and second? Or no, just... but I'm, what I'm giving you the opportunity to uh, to not leave people out. So you just, oh, sure. Two yeah, out no. of the 10. <laughs> you know what? I'll say Greg Hahn. Greg Hahn is, is, is in the top three. Sometimes he's in the top one spot. I don't know if you – do you even know Greg Hahn? He's a big – He's out of LA, but he's just, he is so hilarious. He's a friend of mine. Um, but I was a big fan of him before, before I, uh, you know, met him and worked with him and he helped me out a lot, but he's just the silliest, most high energy comedian you will ever see. You got to check him out. Greg Hahn, H A H N. He's very funny. Uh, Brian Regan, obviously. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love, uh, Tig Notaro. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Um, obviously, like, you know, Bill Burr. Bill Burr's great. Joe List. Yeah, Joe List. Yep. I've watched mm-hmm. some of his stuff. Joe List yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Mark um, Norman. Mark Norman's good. Yep. Yeah, listen to their podcast. Yeah, those two guys are in a podcast together, right? Yeah. 
Tuesdays yeah. with stories. And what about your uh, your podcast partner? What's his name again? Andrew Slater. He's is in he... there too, of course. Yeah, He's yeah, in there too. Can't yeah. leave him out. Right. Where is he out of? Where is he? Uh, is He's he out of Portland. Of? He's out of Portland. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oregon. Yep. And then there's a, there's a married couple that I'm friends with. There's very funny. Uh, I don't know if you know Mary Mack or Tim Harmston, but uh, they Mary Mack sounds familiar. But she, maybe that's because of the book. Miss Mary, who, she Mary recently Mary. did. Uh, she did Conan, but she recently did like within the last maybe a month ago did uh, the Tonight Show. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Tim Harmston's very funny. He uh, he did. He's done Letterman. Um, there's another yeah, husband and wife couple, Segura, and what's his wife's name? Oh, uh, Tom Segura, and I can't say I'm a big fan of his, but I know him and his wife have got a popular podcast. Yeah, your mom's house or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I worked with her. Pazitsky. Yeah, yeah, his wife, whatever. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I know her name, but I know that's one that pops up every now and then. Yeah. And then there's Rogan, obviously the king of the podcast. Yeah. I'll throw him under the bus here. I don't think he listens to us. There's a beef. Uh, here's a beef coming. Here's a beef. <laughs> okay, Actually, let's hear it. This is not that original because in the comment section of Rogan's podcast, you'll see it all the time that. He's a thousand times better at a podcast host as a comedian. His comic work, I've seen some good stuff, but certainly anything five years old or older is not good. And he's gotten a little bit better when I listen to him, but he's not the funniest guy out there. Are you talking about his stand-up? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've just heard it when it's on on satellite radio, and it's, you know, it's fine, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. not... Yeah. I'm not. I'm not downloading the albums. Whatever. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. But he was okay. I don't think he's too worried about uh, no. us. <laughs> no, think, that's my. That's we, my hot take. That's my. Uh, beef, like right. Jim said. I think we might be on his radar now. He might yep. be coming after us. Yeah, that's how. You, yeah, that's how you get seen. You pick a beef. That's right. This, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, Johnny Beaner, uh, we want to thank you for being on the show, taking the hour out of your day here to be on our show. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for coming to the the recording show. I know it wasn't intentional, but I appreciate you guys coming. That I'm glad my week randomly happened to line up with when you went to visit Matt. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming up to me and telling me about your podcast. And yeah, and next time we see it, it'll be intentional. That's right, absolutely, fantastic. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. <laughs> because I'm going to start stalking you. Okay. <laughs> so that's sounds good. Uh, anyway, all right, Johnny Beaner. Thanks for being on the show. If you are out there in our podcast listening audience and you see Johnny uh, lining up for show in Milwaukee, Madison, wherever our people listen to us, go see him. It's a great show. Hey, before we go, I always forget this. Where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on the internet. Well, my website's johnnybeener.com, B-E-E-H-N-E-R. Um, but all my social medias are, are Johnny Comic on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Johnny Comic. Perfect. Yep. Thanks again, Johnny. Thanks, of thanks course. Johnny. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast when we talk with Jerry Augustine and Jeff Grayson about the upcoming Milwaukee Brewer season. But first, here's Johnny Beaner on The Late Show with David Letterman. Our next guest is a very talented comedian from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he's making his network television debut with us tonight. You can find his latest uh, stand-up CD on iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Johnny Beaner. 
Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. What a good day. My wife and I, we just celebrated our three and three-fourths year anniversary. Thank you. It's kind of a big one. I've been told that after two, three years of marriage, a lot of couples decide to have babies. And uh, my wife and I, we've discussed this, and we agree we are not ready for a baby. Not even close. Incidentally, we do have a baby. Um, we're not ready for it, but we do have one. It's one of those little girl ones. <laughs> have you seen these things? Oh, they are cute. Well, ours is cute. Some of them are, oh. <laughs> I've seen some duds. But uh, no, we got a cute one. Her name is Edie, and uh, in two weeks, she will be 78 weeks old. And she looks just like my wife, like exactly. And my wife likes to joke around that I'm not actually the father, and we laugh. Oh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, never gets old either. Yeah. Honestly, I am glad that she looks like my wife because they are both just beautiful. But it's human nature. You, you want to see something of yourself in your kid. And so my wife will try to make me feel better, and she'll say stuff like, yes, she looks just like me, but if you watch her and you watch her mannerisms, you can tell that she's yours. Her mannerisms, what, by how she poops her pants and falls over? Uh, you can have that one. That's all right. I'll see if she gets my ears or something. Oh, it's ridiculous. I remember when my wife was pregnant with Edie. She was terrified of the actual birth. And she handled it like a champ. And I knew that she would because it is true what they say about women. You know, women have an extremely high tolerance for pain. It's amazing. Which I think is weird considering they have such a low tolerance for mild inconvenience. <laughs> but... My wife, she can push a nine-pound baby through the inside of her body, but God forbid Hulu Plus has commercials. That's, that's too much. Oh. oh, this is kind of funny. Uh, my wife is pregnant again. Oh. We don't even know how the first one works. We're making another one. And we're not finding out the sex of the baby. Uh, we didn't find out the sex of Edie until she was, like, almost one. Um, so we're not finding out. But people always ask, what do you want? What do you hope it is? And I think that's a terrible question, so I never answer it. You know, I don't want to say, well, I hope it's a boy. And then when we have a girl, they can be like, oh, that's the guy that doesn't love his kid. <laughs> yeah, no, he told me. That's not what he wanted. And I know it sounds cliche, but it is true. I, I don't care. I don't care if it's a boy or girl. I just want it to be healthy and have a penis. <laughs> My wife's the best. She takes care of us. Her biggest kick is that she always wants us to eat healthy, which is super annoying uh, because, you know, healthy food does not taste like Fruit Loops. Uh, perfect example. I haven't had white bread in almost four years. I miss white bread. What is wrong with white bread? You know what she buys? She always gets that, uh, the, the brown, whole grain, oat, wheat crap with peanuts and acorns sticking out of it. What the hell is that? 
I'll try to make a sandwich. I go to the cabinet, and I'm like, oh, that's right, I forgot. All we have is that loaf of trail mix. All right. I guess I'm having cereal again. Until I open up the fridge and see something like cage-free almond milk. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> something weird. It's... It's very frustrating. You know, other married guys, they got to sneak out of their house to eat donuts. I got to sneak out of my house to drink 2%. <laughs> I'm like hiding in my car. Oh, yeah, these cows were not treated humanely. <laughs> someone, someone once told me that the, uh, the key to a happy marriage is sex. Uh, that's adorable. Uh, <laughs> My wife and I, we actually tried phone sex once, and that did not work at all. We, we would end up with a whole lot of, hey, baby, I'm naked. Are you? Give me a call when you get this. You've made it to the end of another bait-and-switch podcast. Spread the word!